I'm Kim Vudin. Welcome to Milo's Music Parlor, a live music speakeasy and podcast show brought to you by Milo Records New Orleans and itsneworleans.com. Every week we bring to you in our live audience a taste of the musicians who shape the New Orleans music landscape. From the living legends to the young upstarts to those burgeoning national and international acts making the extra effort to stop here in New Orleans, all of whom are performing live music to enjoy the rich musical history of the city that continues to inspire and influence musicians everywhere. Milo's Music Parlor is a member of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. At the mention of New Orleans music, one might typically think of jazz, funk, and maybe even some hip-hop or bounce. But, along with many things in New Orleans, times are slowly changing, and the New Orleans Balkan band called Mahala can claim to be part of a musical expansion that has made this city home to musicians of all genres. A pan-Balkan word for neighborhood, Mahala has come to mean much more to its members, Boyana Trianova, Matthew Schreiber, and Georgi Petrov. All multi-talented and multi-genre instrumentalists, Matt puts to use accordion secrets he acquired studying from the old masters in Europe. Native Bulgarians, Georgi and Boyana, now call New Orleans home, and for the first time in their professional musical career, have devoted an entire project to pay homage to their heritage. Today, we're lucky enough to have Mahala here at Tessology from Milo's Music Parlor. Thank you so much for coming. Hi, Kim. Hi, Thanks Kim. for having us. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Do, do you want to introduce each of yourselves to the audience? At, we all know you as Mahala, but you are actually individual people. So, who are you? I'm Matt Schreiber. I play the accordion. I'm Georgi Petrov. play the guitar. I'm Boyana Trianova. I play drums. Okay, so first of all, correct me on my pronunciation. Correct me on the uh, the definition of what the word means. You got it. <laughs> Get on with your bad self. <laughs> <laughs> um, just go into how you picked that word and why it became something you wanted to brand your identity in New Orleans as. We gotta go. Do you want the poetic answer, answer or the honest answer? I want I want the ugly honest answer involving like someone's underwear or something like that. The honest answer is we wanted something people can pronounce, <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny because no one can actually pronounce it. <laughs> Still a little weird, yeah. Yeah. People it was the best of all the options we had, though. It was. We, we went through what a were lot. The other ones? One totally w- unpronounceable. Uh, Sabirka is that one? Sabirka. Dorvenita. Okay, good luck with that. I'm not even going to... Uh, one was Giga, but it sounded like something else, and we didn't <laughs> want that. Uh, I think so did Sbirka, right? <laughs> so, Sbirka. Well, yeah, well... And what do these words mean, these sounds you're making? Giga is like a, a staff, you know, like a... Bra- the, oh. Like, like the thing a shepherd chain. carries? Yeah, a staff. Uh-huh. It's very folksy. Sbirka <laughs> is a... <laughs> very folksy, yeah. <laughs> it's a... 
full paraphernalia. But uh, <laughs> paraphernalia. This birka is a meeting gathering, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were trying to think just kind of like literally what words would sort of ring well and mean something, mean something. relatively interesting, and not just you know, I don't know, just like car, but in a different <laughs> language. <laughs> but say car, say car, Kua. right? Kua. It sounds so exotic. Yeah, yeah. I would have been really excited to yeah. present car today. Yeah, we're the car band. Yeah, what but everyone always says Mahalia, like they think like the civil rights oh, yeah. singer actually from here. That Mahalia Jack- Jackson, Jackson, yes. Oh, also yeah. uh, Mahalo in Hawaiian, hello, goodbye. Oh, huh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's not Aloha. <laughs> no, that's Aloha. But what's Mahalo? Said something. I don't know. I thought it was hello. Maybe it's like thank you. Is it thank you? Maybe it's thank you. <laughs> <laughs> One of those words you need to use uh, a and, lot. And speaking of uh, of uh, traditional paraphernalia, your songs. You have a lot of like wedding songs, feast songs. How did you collate? I mean, you guys have a pretty. You've had a couple weeklies. You have a, a good long repertoire for. Yeah that I've seen play many times. So mm-hmm. where where did you collect all these songs? You're in New Orleans. Let's let's remind everyone. We did our some, some dumpster diving. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, Bravo Horo. Yeah, 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 I found it behind Rouse's. I mean there there's a Hopefully. huge amount of recorded Bulgarian music mm-hmm. that never really had a distribution base in the United States, but had a really large audience throughout the Balkans. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of music that is recorded that's findable. Uh, through certain labels and definitely on like More download and torrent sites. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube, YouTube, certainly. And a lot of times it's recommendations from other people that things that the dancers know or they, or right. songs that people have known when they growing up. They're like, oh, I really like this one. You should guys learn it. And, it's, and, and sometimes like, yeah, maybe we will not. But, or may, <laughs> you know, and sometimes yeah, it's like, we'll yeah, we'll learn that one. Because a lot of times they also ask us to play, like, to learn songs that are sort of like pop folk songs that are just like, uh, we're not doing that. This is a terrible song, you know. Just because they like it doesn't mean that we're gonna play it. You got a bunch. But you got some stuff from Bulgaria last year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I did. I uh, I got a lot of stuff from just stores I went to, and then a lot of scores I collected from the library. And I went to this music library in my town, and I think I was the first person there in like 20 years. They were so excited to see someone coming in there, and uh, they were just like, "Yeah, just take everything and go." F- copy it and turn it whenever we're not even gonna like write it down what you took and i just took <laughs> as much as i could and literally I, I, we have probably never scores keep, never for, look back yeah we probably <laughs> have music and scores for to play for like three years straight without stopping i just there's so many things it's, yeah so i some of those stuff we also like used to arrange and things like that i mean i'm pretty intrigued at the idea that there's still something left in this world that you can't get here yeah. in this country you know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty You can awesome. now. Right, right, right. If, you, if you know the right people, <laughs> yeah. there's some Balkan selling paraphernalia. We are always selling us. Hard. Hell yeah. Come on, we're awesome. And 
what what percentage would you say were you, of the music were you familiar with? Maybe not playing, but just listening in the sound before you started playing it. Um, well, I was. You want to answer that? Oh yeah, go ahead, man. Um, I, I mean, I, as the only American, I yeah, think yeah. I was the only one who was actually playing in a Balkan band for a couple of years before yeah. Mahala. Mm-hmm. So I th- when we first started out, you're the ringer. I'm the ringer, yeah. Like, oh, we let this nice American guy yeah, totally. play with us. Yeah, that little kid plays the accordion. <laughs> <laughs> Take him in. Entertain him. Entertain him. It'll be entertaining. Um, yeah, so some of that, I, I think the first kind of batch of music came from some some of the music that I had played with the previous band. And from there was a, an accordion player named Boris Karlov, who was like really well-known. You're kidding. In Bulgaria. Not no, his na- the guy. Not, not, not Mr. Mash or Frankenstein. That's the, who also was named Boris Karloff. <laughs> but, I'm sure uh, it's really like Bob Smith. I think it is actually Boris right? Karloff. Oh, yeah, yeah it's probably. Like, oh, yeah, right? oh, my God. It's so exotic. Right. <laughs> So I learned some some tracks of his, and then um, and then I guess we kind of started checking out some other some songs that Boyana heard on like Bulgarian television. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of cheesy, but also kind of sweet. They got and this fun. this channel on the Bulgarian cable pay TV. <laughs> that uh, well, yes. Yes. which one is it? Which one? I now know about Folklore TV. Folklore <laughs> TV. It's uh, Folklore it's basically it like Bulgarian. It's TV. basically like MTV for folk music. They just do like yeah. 24 hours a day music videos of like folk music and occasional like of, interviews and of, stuff. But there's no plots in the videos. It's usually like an orchestra set up on this like in big lawn. In a field. Lawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> playing. Ooh. Yeah. It's a lot of wedding music. favorite channel of all time when I go to Bulgaria. <laughs> it's just like that channel is always okay. on. So it's not like you're getting that here. Well, actually, now I can <laughs> through the miracles of the Internet. But oh, nice. some time ago, I could only get it there. And, you know, that's where I heard some of these songs. Uh-huh. And what about you, Georgi? What percentage would you I, say? Uh, well, my grandpa was an accordionist, so I knew some of the music from him. I also knew... Some of the songs that are very popular that we do, you know, like Yovano Yovanka is a really, really popular song. I, I know that and a bunch of other, a bunch of other songs like that that I've just heard all my life.
Um, and in terms of the dances, I knew. I didn't. I don't. I don't think I knew specific songs, but because the dances are specific, I knew the rhythms from that. You know, when so when you know Daichu was in nine eight and Pravo was in four four, Rachinitsa is in seven eight. You know, mm, I knew a bunch that. Bunch of them are in crazy time. Some of them are crazy. crazy. Yeah, some of them are crazier and crazier. And I, before I talk about the background of your audience, which is amazing, uh, <laughs> I want to go a little more in ba- into y'all's background. So, sure. Georgi. I, uh, well, I'm originally from Bulgaria, I'm on the Black Sea, the town is called Burgas. Um, I wasn't born there, I was born in the middle of the country at this place called Yambo. Um, and then I came to the U.S. to study for college. I studied music and economics and then finished my master's in New Orleans. In a lot of overlapping music. courses in that. Those two right, yeah, years, a yeah. lot, a lot. Some of the same concepts. Yeah, some of the same ones. It, 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 I do remember being very confused some days when I had to like run from music theory to, to econometrics, you know, and then just kind of <laughs> being like, all right, what was it again? What were you doing yesterday in econometrics? Because I'm totally on a Bach vibe right now and just cannot <laughs> get back into numbers. Um, you po- probably were the only one in your class on a Bach vibe in an Yeah, probably. That uh, reminds me of a really, really funny thing that happened. There was a class that uh, a fr- um, an- another musician took that was um, uh, sort of a, it was called like entrepreneurship in the arts class or something like that. And uh, a bunch of musicians took it. And, uh, and one time our uh, teacher asked us, so who knows what an elevator pitch is? And Garth who also went to Yale and uh, won actually Emmy Award for his music, but he raised his hand. It's like, oh, it's a B flat. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we all just lost it in the class, at least the people that knew, like whoever knew that it was, because Gar had perfect pitch and he knows it's a B flat, the elevator pitch, you know, was the one that's like, joke or is he no, no, he was straight up just fantastic. dead on, like, it's B flat. Um, <laughs> man, it was the best. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. Uh, Colliding worlds. And then your your route to New Orleans. I, I think I read somewhere. I, I love your dad's quote. What was it? Oh, yeah. My dad was like, yeah. My dad was the one that really instigated me to uh, to apply to New or- <laughs> University of New Orleans. Because he was just like, wasn't it like jazz started there or something? Why don't you just look in there? I was like, okay. You got it right. Yeah, I should. I should. <laughs> <laughs> and so were you listening to jazz? I mean, for, yeah. the, for the audience, Georgi's a very yeah, talented I play a lot jazz, of jazz guitarist. And was that stuff you were doing back in Bulgaria? Not exactly. I started playing jazz in from... Soundgarden? Yeah, in between Soundgarden and Metallica, uh, <laughs> once in a while there was some jazz. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I started really, really listening to jazz because of harmonies. I was really interested in chords and harmonies. And I had this book from Joe Pass that was... Oh, just arrangements of solo guitar that he had done. And it was really mostly improvised, but I kind of learned him like classical pieces, you know, note for note from the book. where I started being interested but I never really played jazz until I came to the US there was no one to play jazz with in Bulgaria at least not where I lived is there a jazz scene now there's very little bit in the capital yeah mostly there's a jazz scene there yeah in in some ways jazz is more popular there than it is here which is in some ways surprising but you know explain 
I played a jazz festival there in 2013, and, you know, it wasn't like the jazz fest here in New Orleans that has very little jazz. It was just, like, an exclusively jazz-only festival, and there was just so many people at it. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't believe how many jazz fans there are. And then um, at the end of that, I went to hang out in the capital city for a couple weeks and did some jazz gigs there. And, again, there's a lot of fantastic players there, and... A lot of fans. I was really surprised because in New Orleans, people don't really like jazz that much. They want they want to dance. They don't yeah, want to listen. It, it's party music. They'll they'll tolerate it so long as they can party too. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. But like like hardcore, like actual jazz. You know, there's not that much of an audience for that. And were you <coughs> you came here? How old were you? I was nine. It, it was uh, the year was 1990. The Berlin Wall had just come down, and uh, you were <laughs> managed out. to go over. You were. Yeah, they threw me over. It. No, uh, no, I came over with my parents. My parents were scientists, and uh, they were in search of a better life. And uh, we came over to the U.S. because my mom got a fellowship position at Duke University mm-hmm. in uh, Durham, North Carolina. So that's where we went. And then uh, a couple years later, mom got a job at Tulane. So I followed. You're like, sweet, Mom. Well, I, I didn't know anything about New Orleans, so I kind of didn't want to move. Uh, but I was like, okay, whatever. I'll go to New Orleans. I didn't know anything about New Orleans except, like, the cheesy, like, the cheesy Mardi image they, they, like, project on through the me- media, you know, like, alligators and whatever. I'm like, there's no alligators in the city. Well, actually, there's what a couple, you but, about? <laughs> you know, they're not, like, roaming the streets or anything. <laughs> Eating dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Eating everyone's small pets. Yeah. But you still have a pretty close tie to Bulgaria. You go Oh, I got some family there still. I try to go back every year. Um, got a trip brewing this summer. Awesome. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Bring, and then bring some more uh, folk paraphernalia back, right? Oh, I plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, you want, you spent quite a bit of time there, right? I, in a musical capacity. I've actually never been to Bulgaria. Oh. But I'm going for the first time in May. You've heard it here, everyone. <laughs> you are a, I, you are a I cannot Bulgarian tell a lie. fake. <laughs> yeah. I never made any claims that I've been to Bulgaria. <laughs> I'm hopefully Bulgarian music. But, um, uh, but yeah. you spent time in the Balkans, correct? Yeah, I sp- I've spent time in Serbia. Most, most time that I've spent in the Balkans has been in Serbia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have worked with Serbian musicians in New York and in Berlin, uh, and I've kind of gotten to know some, the way the music's presented and also the music itself and kind of uh, how the accordion fits in the music from people in, in Berlin and New York City. And so you mentioned Roma. You played Roma music as well. And for, for the rest of us lay people, gypsy, gypsy musicians. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's, um, uh, it's a really interesting topic. I mean, the way that, that Roma are a part of the music scene and what would be considered to be Romani or gypsy music versus what you would consider to be Balkan music because they're, there are people that have lived on kind of the fringes of society for hundreds of years, uh, you know, for generations in that part of the world. So they're they're very integrated with the culture in some ways, but also uh, not integrated not in the culture as another. Right, right. right, yeah. So so there are, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe an approach or, or there are stylistic differences between Romani music and kind of ethnic musics of the Balkans, nationalistic musics. And what, without, without, starting you know what could be hours long conversation mm-hmm. where do you see those differences um primarily in the rhythms so like uh serbian music uh 
kolos. That's kind of the foundation of Serbian music, which is basically circle dances that are, have a strong 2-4 beat. It's like... It's a little bit Irishy or, or not Irishy. That's like a really vague way to paint it. But um, It is St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> that we doesn't make Serbian real. music more Irish, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> It's just got a heavier feel to it. Um, it's, for lack of a better word, kind of more swinging. Um, it's got certain harmonies that... More dance-oriented, um, maybe? Or? To a certain kind of dance, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's also just cadences, kind of bass cadences. Um, it's a feel. It's a drive. I mean, many of the Roman musicians I work with talk about a drive or like a like a push to the beat that doesn't really exist in the, in the, the folk musics. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's... Uh, it's also typically in the Balkans, the best musicians have been Roma because they haven't been kind of entitled. Some of the other occupations that uh, are afforded to kind of normal citizens. So music has become a way for, um, for gypsies to, to survive and to gain livelihood. So they've become very, very good musicians typically. And um, it's also become almost like a, a dynasty. There, there are dynasties of Romani musicians where hmm. people are, have been accordionists for generations or violinists for generations, so they learn from a very young age. They don't, that combined with the fact that there's not a lot of other opportunities creates for some really high musicianship. So, the so they're, are high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, it's, Roma don't just play Romani music. They're you know, some of the best Serbian musicians. I don't know if you would say that for Bulgarian, but some of the best people pl- musicians that are playing the national musics are Roma even though they're not necessarily playing music that's Romani music. Actually, I, the the Hungarian trio that came here. Yeah. I mean, it's straight up Hungarian music. Exactly. But I, they weren't ethnically Hungarian, yeah. from right. my understanding. I, I couldn't help but wonder if they had Romatized as well. Yeah, the, they're all Romani musicians, and they're playing an entire genre that Hungarians don't and can't play. It's right. it's Magyarnota. It's a it's like a early 19th century form of Hungarian music. And all the Hungarians playing it died out, but the Roma kept on playing it. So, <laughs> if the Hungarians want to hear their old, their old music, they have to hire gypsies to play the Hungarian they national have to hire music. An ethnicity that has a they give a lot of problems too in that country. So. attracted to here but it's great to see that you guys are doing what you're doing and other you know other bands too and the g-string orchestra and even panorama has a lot of kind of eastern stuff but you guys have a crowd that is like none other (laughs) it's pretty awesome it is the most ethnically diverse i mean it was 
Not just ethnically. Think... There's like diverse age groups right. and everything. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that many Bal- Balkan people outside of Hungary in, in one room at one of your Siberia gigs. Can, yeah. can someone explain to me like what's going on? Like, well, they manifest at your gigs, and then and then what happens? <laughs> well, the the immigrants obviously uh, like our music because it reminds them of home, you know, which was kind which is kind of like the point of this band, you know, at, at least when I was envisioning it before it actually happened. It was just like, oh yeah, you know, I miss home. Like, I should play music from home. You know, and is there a Bulgarian community? Are there shops? Are there restaurants? No. It's a small one. There's very yeah, the very small Bulgarian community. There's, there's like fifteen Bulgarians, and they all come to your gigs, from what I can yeah. tell. A lot of them have, yeah. yeah. I think at this point, all of them have the ones that are around here. I, I met like ten new Bulgarians. Yeah. The other Last night. Yeah, I did too. And they, I did too, and I invited like, them all. They had never to heard these of us. Gigs. I'd never heard of them. There was like one like gateway Bulgarian that I knew <laughs> that introduced gateway me. Bulgarian. The other Bulgarians was like I this whole that. other crew. It was like leather jacket. I remember when they walked in and I looked at Matt and I was like, You see those guys? <laughs> and he was like, Yep, I was like, Yep, like, those are our people. They're just like, just like this and just wrapping with up. like glasses and like holding a b- b- bottle of beer and a cigarette, just walking down. I think like, I, yep, I like going on your guys' Facebook page just to see a lot of Cyrillic. Yeah. It's always fun. <laughs> I do not understand any of these comments in that last post. It's amazing. <laughs> Dancers are pretty they're fantastic. Yeah, we love we love the dancers, and they what's love us. What's, explain us. They are also your French Quarter Fest sponsor. They correct? sure are. Yeah. What We're is really their official about name? That. The, Crescent the Crescent City Folk Dancers. Crescent City International. International Dancer Folk Dancers. dancers. Yeah. International Dancers CCID. Oh, I think, uh, like, actually, Matt, you, when you explained to me where this whole scene comes from with the dancers, maybe you should explain that. You know, with like the the way it's back been, in the day. been explained to me is it was like in the in the sixties kind of as an extension of like the hippie movement there was in an effort huh. to kind of create alliances to people of other countries that were kind of uh behind the iron curtain or behind political differences mm-hmm. they there was this idea of like dance yourself to peace or like <laughs> dance like peace through dance basically dance yeah right it's a little naive <laughs> i mean like that, that initial message which isn't to say that, that those groups like are naive hippies. at all but uh yeah and it's still um peace through dance I think it started as like an international dance movement where they people do like Morris dancing and like English country dancing and Balkan dancing, yeah. huh. and then people just kind of realized that Balkan dance had one of the kind of richest 
traditions. That's kind of my assumption. But a lot of the dances that started as international folk dance groups have pretty much narrowed down just to Balkan folk dancing. So I think the group here has been dancing. Each week they uh, they dance at the Starlight Ballroom in Metairie. They get together and they've been listening to recorded music for a long time. And it's my impression that until until we started Diverse playing age regularly, too. yeah. Um, they they hadn't really been dancing to live folk music except for when certain musicians would come through town. Let's, let's so remind really the people live, why live, live music is better than recorded music. Was that? Let's remind people why oh, live yeah. music you is will. better than recorded. You music. will, but not not before I I open up the the mics to the audience and and stick the lions on you for their questions. So. Oh well, as, as far as dancers go, you know, with a recorded track, it ends in like three minutes and twenty six seconds. So, like, you're trying to do this dance, and you just got the steps, right. and then the song's over. Like, I will Aww. say, do you think do you think they would have gotten closer to peace if the dances were easier? They're kind of hard. There's, like, a bunch of steps. You need to switch directions. Yeah. I, th- I think the, the challenge adds to the peace. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of a nerdy, it's a nerdy pursuit, like... <laughs> It, uh, for people that I aren't hope from your the culture, <laughs> I think I think they'd agree. Yeah, with that. no, it's I mean, true. It's true. It's one thing if you're you if you're from the culture. You do have a lot of professionals. That much is clear. A lot of what? The, a lot of like uh, white collar professionals in this group. From yeah, from I the, mean, yeah. the it's dance group. the number of mathematicians and computer scientists <laughs> that are also <laughs> folk dancers is really disproportionate to like your average cross section. It's of the same with swing dancers. Actually, Mo- most of the swing dancers like computer specialists because huh. they oh, have really? a, yeah they have a lot of free time and like they don't have a set schedule and they just go to events and I can travel around the world and work from anywhere so that's a lot of them are swing dancers also it's kind of one of those things I don't know about balcony dancing but the swinging you know it's like swing dancing it's like it's it's cool to do it and they and they usually just sit in front of a computer so it's very appealing so Uh I think it's Balkan dancing is sort of the same. It's like you can meet girls. Yeah, you can yeah. meet some girls and <laughs> have drinks. It uh, is, it's a very like yeah. community reinforcing dance. Like it's not. It's probably not the most fun yeah, dance to look hands. at. Yeah. I mean, it's the only dance where like you're leading someone and someone else is leading you. Also, you know? the fact it's that it's like, like I found it also that yeah, you don't have to invite anyone to dance with you, so it's kind of easy to to start, you know, and everyone's just holding hands. She has so to. So it's hold a lot her more communal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, yeah, and and it's so it's a lot of e- a lot easier for people that maybe you know they might not be socially, you know, easygoing and being able to go to the ballroom dance and invite someone to dance, even if they're good dancers, and it's very accepting in that way. So. I think that's a big also appeal to the dance because a lot of people are just like, oh, look, everyone's holding hands and going in a circle. It looks so fun. Here's my chance. Yeah, here's my chance to try this. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear about your guys' future plans, but first, some questions from the audience. Anyone? Questions? Anyone? Comments? Yeah. How do you dance in 11? <laughs> I mean, there's steps. I don't actually know the dance the in 11. I can, I can give you a seven. But it's, you know, it's just steps that you memorize. You're not really thinking numbers. Yeah. You're thinking the like, okay, leg here, leg there. Yeah, the right, dancing step. is usually explained you know? in the short and long steps. Uh, so 11 is short, short, long, short, 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 long, short, short. And so, yeah, so each individual short and long has specific steps. Um, and it's usually a pattern of like, it could be one bar, but it could be also two to, f- two, to four bars of a pattern that then repeats again, depending on the dance. Usually the, yeah, it depends on the dance. It could be something that extends between like two bars of 11 and then it repeats again the same thing. They've got a lot of nice YouTube videos of your gigs with a lot of dancing in it. (laughs) Yes, we do. For our listeners out there, just check out our website. Mahala. Mahalanola.com. Mahalanola. Facebook slash 
Mahalanolo. Slash. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. Are y'all looking for a bass player? When Jordan can't do gigs. Yeah, when I can't do it, bass players. Great. So why don't you share with us some plans and before we uh, put you back behind your instruments? Um, Well, this will probably air after tonight, but we're playing tonight at Cafe Istanbul at 9 o'clock. Now, that's a weekly, though, isn't it? Uh, it's not. No, no ma'am. No, oh. we don't oh, okay. have any weekly. So we, have, we have a regular gig that we're, I think we're all really excited about, that we're calling the Balkan Fedodo. Oh, and great. The Fedodo is kind of, it's like a Cajun party where it's like you. So New dance, Orleans, right? right? And the Balkan part is just that, like, people cook Eastern European food. and oh, there's sick. You know, people dance. And where is this going to be and where can people get it's information? The old Firehouse. Oh, yes. 720 Mandeville Street. The owners of whom mm-hmm. are awesome and yeah. lovely yeah. and great sponsors of dance so in general. Yeah. yeah. Great. So that happens the first Sunday of every month. It's going to happen Easter Sunday. That's um, fantastic. And, uh, you know, we got some really awesome Bulgarian Easter traditions we're going to share with oh, everybody. Please, the, please give the us the famed a egg battle. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very messy. No, they're cooked. <laughs> now this the sounds painful. <laughs> the eggs are cooked. Cook, the eggs are cooked, yes. But you do battle with eggs. And there will be a winner. Fuyana <laughs> knows. Definitely will be a winner. We'll have to, we'll just have to go and see. You will. You will. That's what's going to happen. So first Sunday of the month, 2 to 5 p.m., the old firehouse. Come on. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. And I am excited to hear your next set. Thank you for listening to Milo's Music Parlor. Thanks so much for joining us at home, work, on your phone, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing. This has been a production of It's New Orleans and Milo Records New Orleans, and sponsored by WTUL. And a special thanks to today's guest, Mahala. And now, for more. Our show today was produced by Kim Voodin and Taylor Smith. Our technical director is Taylor Smith. Our logistics director is Mark Tobler. Our theme song was composed by Taylor Smith and performed by the Roman Jasmine. Milo's Music Parlor was recorded today at Tassology Art Cafe, located on the historic O.C. Haley Boulevard in New Orleans. For more information on how to attend one of our live performances, check us out at www.milorecordsneworleans.com, where you can also sign up for our mailing list. You can follow us on Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook. We're at It's New Orleans. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Milo Music Parlor shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True to the Game, Midnight Menu Plus One, and Louisiana Eats. Milo's Music Parlor is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and Milo Records New Orleans. For everyone here at Milo's Music Parlor, thanks for joining us today.
summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822-828 and online 822-824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.